Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge Got In, to your mind, your will, and your emotions. Thank you for joining us today. For more information on Edge Got In and other podcasts dealing with those life issues that do have a tendency to trigger us into behavior that does not make God recognizable please visit us at edgegodin.com. You'll notice under each podcast, there are resources, including the scriptures that go with each podcast and a one sheet where you can grab your learnings for that particular topic of the podcast. You can also visit us at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Currently, we have our book available there as well as the course. We are finishing up a six-week study guide, and we also offer workshops there as well. Today's topic is actually inspired by someone who I listen to her podcast quite a bit and have for years, actually. Perhaps you're familiar with her, Joyce Myers, and she really did a podcast that stopped me in my own tracks, and she was discussing not wasting your dash what does that mean? Not wasting your dash. It's actually the dash on a tombstone. The day that you were born and the day that the Lord takes you home. There's a little dash, if you notice, on tombstones. And she was using that as a metaphor to not waste your dash, meaning don't waste your time. So I'm going to just to continue that conversation that she had on this, being that I feel that Perhaps I'm not the only one that gets tied up in those tasks of the world that do waste my time. So as you're listening to today's podcast, just in t- simply entitled, Don't Waste Your Time, the learning objective is, is at the end of today's podcast, you will have identified specific ways that you waste your time. And reflect on how can we course correct so that we can make the most of our dash in life. We don't waste our time. That if God were to call us home tomorrow, that we would be able to stand tall, knowing that we stood for Christ as his ambassador, allowing him to make his appeal through us for his glory. Wow, so often we get hijacked by those demands. Even time becomes our boss. Uh, The opinions of other people, the worldly things, the shiny objects I'll often refer to. But those things that Satan tried to tempt Jesus with when he took him 40 days in the desert. Power, possessions, passion, and position. They tend to hijack us. So we're going to go a little bit deeper into real specific things today. You will walk away with seven areas, specific areas to take a look at. And as I'm reading through these different areas in today's podcast, and we're having a conversation around them, think about which one you really want to take a deeper dive in and bring before the Lord and make a shift. What is one area of the seven areas in your life that you want to grow closer to God in, that you want to do less of, to make more time for the work that he's calling you to do in this world, which is actually pretty simple. As Mother Teresa says, we're here to love and be loved. Do your behaviors today 
expand your ability to love yourself, God first and foremost, and people around you, or not. And so may we be more attentive to those behaviors that pull us away from God's love versus draw us near to God's love. So perhaps you're coming to today's podcast with something that's spun you in the last week or two weeks, and you're having a hard time releasing it. And so you're putting extra time to compensate and figure things out um, so that you can move through this challenge, whatever it is. Keep that in mind as we're reading through the, the seven areas that we have a tendency to waste our time and take back that power. Stress is the power you give. It is a choice point. It's the power you give to outside circumstance to define what you believe you're capable of handling successfully. With Christ, all things are possible. Without Christ, when we're rummaging through our days with our own efforts, we really come up empty-handed. And uh, particularly when we graze in those areas that aren't fruitful. And when we're spending our time with behaviors that are really leaving us empty-handed rather than doing a quick course correction, which by the way, is the third step in the three-step method of emotional intelligence in Christ, so that we're able to discern and manage our emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by loving each other well. Let's jump in. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, sweet Jesus, we come to you today. We can do nothing good without you. Anything good that we do do is because of your grace and your strength within us. So give us the ability to put down those things that are wasting our time here. And it is a dash. As St. Paul says, we are literally a vapor, a mist that appears for a moment and disappears. Give us the grace to live intentional lives, beginning today, more today than yesterday. Convict our hearts of those specific areas where we are wasting our time. And perhaps listeners will tune into one of the ways that I'm proposing today. And if it's not on the, the agenda that I'm proposing, I pray that you would touch their hearts with your love and reveal to everyone who's tuning in today the areas in their lives that they are wasting time. Time is a gift, Lord. If you were to cease to think of us, we would cease to exist. So thank you for another moment of life. Have your way with us in spite of ourselves and give us the grace to release, to course correct, to draw near, and to let go, and to allow you to do your mighty work through us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jumping in, we're going to start with number one way that we waste our time with the cell phone. Ooh, yeah, I'm just jumping right in on this one. Now, studies have been done and continually are done to reveal how much time we actually spend on our cell phone through the day. And it is mind-blowing. Colossians 3, 1 through 2 says, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the world. Your phone is connected to the world. How much time are you spending on your phone? 
during a day. Perhaps you're, that's your one behavior of wasting time, that you're going to ask the Lord to really do an internal cleansing, giving you the grace to put it down, step away from the ramifications of our cell phones, which one of them is nomophobia and digital dementia. These are two conditions that have developed since the release of the cell phone. Not to mention the increased suicide rate since social media has been launched. What does that tell us? I'm reminded of a verse that Paul says, do not touch, do not taste. These are all destined to perish with use. Also remember, Satan is after our identity. He does that by distracting us, keeping us busy, even though we boast about, oh, I'm so busy. How are you doing? I'm so busy. Busy, busy, busy. As if busy is a badge of worthiness. Not so, my friends. Not so with God. Attentiveness, sitting at the feet of Jesus, as Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is better. Not to say that you don't have to Martha it out there in the world and get things done. Mary has chosen what is better. May we do the same. Choose what is better. Before you reach for your cell phone next time, look around you and see if there's a human being that you're compromising your relationship with as you find yourself imprisoned by the dings, the pings, FOMO, fear of, of missing out. We've become so hijacked by the phones. Digital dementia, by the way, is a condition that has come into existence as a result of computers and cell phones and things like that. And basically the right hemisphere of the brain is not fully developed as the left hemisphere, which explains why people don't want relationships, long-term relationships as much. The ramifications are endless. And there are many school districts that have actually banned putting computers into the classrooms until later on in elementary school because of the results of these studies. So be aware. You want the full brain in your dash, and God wants you to have that as well. So put down the cell phone. Set ground rules. I often work with my clients on ground rules. Best way to communicate with them, best way they want people to communicate with, with them. Ground rules can be used for many things. I recently invited my daughter to come up with her own ground rules before getting into another relationship. What are your ground rules that you know are deal breakers up front? Share them with a truth teller so that you're not, you don't compromise. But set those ground rules for yourself around your cell phone. Is it the boss of you? Or are you the boss of your cell phone? Set those ground rules for your family as well. I've heard of many families having a a family basket. And at a certain time, they've all agreed upon, this is when we put our electronic devices in that basket so that we can have family time and be present to each other. Come up with your own system so you're not hijacked. And Satan's not just giving you a standing ovation because he's gotcha. Step away from those shiny objects. Satan's greatest trick is to distract you from the present moment. Why? Because God is in the present moment. Exodus 3. 
I am has sent you. He is the present one. He drops in the present moment, not in the past, not in the future, in the now. That's when you hear the voice of God. I'm reading through the book of Acts and doing a deeper study in the book of Acts, which is the first book that is written after the Gospels and basically continues the story after Jesus was uh, crucified and rose again. And it's it starts out talking about his ascension when he went to heaven and the angels appear and say, the same Jesus will return to you the same exact way. And it talks about the um, gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus spoke about within the Gospels that he was giving us that would teach us all things. Cool thing as you read through the book of Acts is that the Holy Spirit gives you the discernment. Metaphorically speaking, it's like blows Google away, which is an understatement. The Holy Spirit is like beyond anything like that. Where do you go when you don't know something? We've become so easy, easily tranced into going to Google Oh, I'll just Google it. How about if we shift that statement and say, oh, I'm just going to Holy Spirit it. <laughs> what would you notice to be different in your life? I'm going to turn to the Holy Spirit because in the book of Acts, he's constantly giving us the guidance that we rely on our cell phones for. And he leads people where they're meant to go. So put down that cell phone, number one. Number two, the number two thing of wasting your time is holding on to the past. Now, Peter and Paul both uh, had a huge past, as did David um, and many people throughout the Old, the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. Jesus calls sinners came to save the lost. Peter and Paul, great examples. And they had um, big pasts that would be hard to let go of. So perhaps you have a big past that you're having a difficult time releasing. And Satan, by the way, is using to distract you from the love, forgiveness, and grace of God. As far as the East is from the the West, my friends, he has forgiven you. Turn, confess your sins, and be free. So Peter denied Christ. Paul killed Christians, or was, was a huge conduit for killing and trapping Christians. That's their BC days. I refer to my my time before the Lord got a hold of me as my BC days before Christ got a hold of me. And they had big BC days, as did I. So what is it for you today? What is it in your past that is still taking up free rent between your two ears and Satan is using his trickery to rob you from the truth that the cross and the blood of Christ is enough? He wants you to fall into the Judas mentality. My sin is far greater than the blood of Christ. It's a lie. Don't believe it. The blood of Christ is greater than any sin you could ever commit. You're the only one that can choose to refuse the love of God. It's constant. It's always there for you, as is his forgiveness. So let go of the past. It's a waste of your time holding on to it and replaying it. And you know who's pushing that replay button. So invite the Holy Spirit to help you to release, to forgive yourself, and to forgive anyone else in your life that's associated with those things of the past that's robbing you from the joy and peace and presence of the Lord now in the moment. 
focus on that one thing. As Paul says, this is what I do. In spite of everything that he went through and did and was a part of, he was leading the movement against Christians. He held the coats of the people that stoned the first martyr, Peter. I mean, Stephen was the first martyr in the book of Acts. And Paul was right there just egging him on, holding the coats. And this is what he says in Philippians 3, 13 through 14. This is one thing I do. I forget what is behind. One thing I do, forget what is behind and press on to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus, is calling me. God, through Jesus, is calling you today to focus on one thing. Forget the past and focus on the love of Christ. Just as Jesus did every time he encountered someone that was stooped in their sin and gave it the power to define them. That's what happens. Satan wants us to define ourselves by falsities, not truth. Jesus is calling us back today, my friends. Is there anyone here to condemn you? No, there's no one here, said the woman caught in adultery. Then neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Begin again. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in my weakness, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Number two, let go of the past. Number three, third way we waste our time, release your grudges and judgments. They have to do with the past, but I decided to pull this one out because this one takes a lot of free rent. We continually replay um, the grudges we have toward people, or we think we've forgiven and released, and the Lord has released and healed us, and then they say some, someone will say something or do something, and we're flipped right back in that judgment, holding that rock. We'll drop the rock. As Jesus said, he who's without sin cast the first stone to the woman caught in adultery, and then we seem to pick up our rocks again. Stop the madness. We keep picking up the rocks. It's a waste of time. Judging others. Scripture says to judge others' sins only after, and that's discernment, removing sin from our own life, which is why Jesus said he was without sin cast the first stone. Once you do remove the sin in your own life and your brother or sister, you see them, and they're stumbling, speak the truth in love, but do it with love and respect. Matthew 6, 14 through 15 says, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father forgives you. This is so powerful. We've heard it a ton of times. But lean in because it's a waste of time when we don't forgive people. And there's also a bigger ramification. If you do not forgive, your father will not forgive you. That's been a big one for me, releasing and forgiving and releasing. I do not want God to judge me the way I've judged other people. Make it a daily discernment. Is there anyone, dear God, that I am not forgiving and releasing? Is there any grudge I'm still holding on to? Please, please show me because that's a waste of my time, and it endangers my soul. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Do not judge, or you too will be judged, backing that same theme up. Take the plank out of your own eye, so that you can remove the speck from your brother's eye. Luke six thirty six. Be merciful, as your heavenly Father is merciful. So how much time do you spend entertaining negative thoughts about other people? just wondering. It's very convicting for me because it's a lot of space sometimes, depending on the day. 
But how much time do you spend entertaining those negative thoughts about others? The other coaching question I have for you in this area is how much time do you spend entertaining negative thoughts about yourself? You can't give out, my friends, what you haven't mastered within. Negative thoughts about self spill out to negative thoughts about other people. So release judgments and grudges. It's a waste of time. Imagine how much focus you could recover by simply forgiving those who have trespassed against you. And you could use that freed up landscape between your two ears to sow the seeds for a beautiful harvest to honor God in your life. More of you, dear God, less of us. Psalm 1 is one of my favorite psalms, and it says, His delight is in the law of the Lord. He meditates on it day and night. Whatever he does prospers. So look up those verses on judging and holding grudges and release. Allow the love of God to be your anchor and your guide in this specific topic of wasting your time, releasing those grudges and judgments. Allow his love to heal the wounds. Allow his love to help you to love the sinner and hate the sin. And if there's anything he's calling you to do, to have a crucial conversation with someone that you know loves the Lord, but is stumbling in some way, that you do it with love, 100% honest, 100% respectful in the Lord. Number four, fourth way we waste our time, accept the things you cannot change. This is, this is that prayer. Dear God, grant me the grace to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So number four, we waste a lot of time trying to change things around us when we don't like the outcome, trying to figure out how to get around those obstacles. And sometimes the Lord is moving us through it. I will give you a little insight on this. When you lose your peace, that's when you know that God is not driving that boat. When your peace is gone and you're, you're pushing forward by your own effort, you're exhausted, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're upset, you can't accept the way that things are. Satan loves to take us down when we're in that space. As I've shared before, when I was diagnosed with advanced cancer, I remember that phone call exactly where I was. I couldn't accept the fact, I couldn't, I couldn't change the fact that I had four or five tumors growing in my body and spread through my lymph system. What I could change was my attitude toward it and where I was going to camp in terms of my sense of identity through it and my hope through it. So I camped on Psalm 91 and declared that over it. Accept the things you can't change rather than wasting your time trying to change the things. And this is, this is a, a statement to think about, but we waste our time trying to change things that are not yours to change. They're not ours to change. Other people's attitudes, for example, other people's personalities, other people's values. We waste a lot of time trying to change other people's attitudes, personalities, and values. Instead of that waste of our time and attention, focus on what God is moving you to change. First and foremost, he always goes inside. 
first, then he moves outside. God is moving you to change your attitude, values, behavior. Dear God, reveal to me where I'm doing things that's causing you to be pushed away from me, or I'm entertaining thoughts that are planting seeds of anger, rage, and malice. If he places a word of knowledge to share with others in love, again, speak the truth in love, plant the seed, and release the outcome to God. Let go of trying to change things that are not yours to change. Mine was the cancer situation while I was going through divorce at the same time. There were things I could change. There were things that I couldn't change. So when we shift our focus on, dear God, what do you want me to do here? What, what do you want me to change in order to honor you and to do a good job with this situation? Because that's my desire, to honor you first and foremost. So think about that. Perhaps that's one that you're going to take with you in terms of reflecting on what, what is that one area in your life that you want to grow closer to God. Perhaps letting go of the things that aren't yours to change will give more space and move you closer to God because you'll trust God to change those things that are not yours to change. And you'll show up with love uh, or forgiveness or grace. And uh, you release those things that really aren't yours to change. He might give you those sound bites and those those uh, you know few sentences here and there to speak the truth in love, and then just watch your heart, as Paul says, or you too will be dragged down by that same spirit that's dragging the other person down. And that's when that's when that's that discernment. Am I losing my peace over this? Then I'm trying to change something that's not mine to change. So stay in that love, stay in that joy. I was, I was really stopped in my tracks. I was reading through the book of Acts and the, the disciples, they were, um, you know, witnessing Christ and they were just coming from this town where they were totally rejected. And yet it said, it ended the chapter with saying that, and they walked away with the joy of the Lord in their hearts, that they had joy in their hearts and peace. In, in the midst of all that rejection. So this is kind of what, what we're talking about here, that when it's of God and you're working through those things that you want to change but aren't changing, you can still have peace and joy and then allow God to take care of it. Many times I'll say, go get him, God. Go get him. That's yours. That's yours. And you show me what's mine. So number five, fifth way, that's the fourth way, fifth way of wasting our time is let go of your anger. We spend so much time being angry and frustrated, and I put them both together. Frustration is just an expression of anger. Anger really is actually, when they have done deeper studies in human behavior, and where the heck does anger come from? And it's really flows from, from a deeper fear. We usually become angry um, if we're going to have a fear of loss of control, fear that people won't buy into what we're putting down, fear that um, we might lose something, fear we won't be seen, acknowledged, recognized. Um, it all it, it flows from that area. So next time you're angry, just simply ask the Lord, what am I afraid of, God? What's fueling this? And give me the grace to speak the truth in love. If it's a conversation, I need to have fear of rejection. Sometimes we get frustrated and angry and resentful because we're not giving ourselves permission by the power of the Holy Spirit to have a crucial conversation with someone because we're afraid of rejection. So next time you feel angry, ask Holy Spirit, what's my fear? Because it's a waste of time. 
And the scriptures even say, hey, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You will be angry. Just do not let the sun go down on your anger. Um, there's a righteous anger too. I'd like to make that point as well. And that's an anger that occurs when we see an offense against God. There's different forms of, of anger or his word. And righteous anger cares about other people. It doesn't get bitter in bitterness, rage, or malice, as the scriptures say. It stays in love and it stays in a courageous space and love for people. It hates the sin, loves the sinner. It doesn't belittle. It doesn't cut down. It doesn't point the finger and uh, make people small. As I just shared with the client today, power over others is weakness disguised as strength. That's a statement that's been said throughout history. So keep watch over that anger and the ramifications and how it spills into your behavior. Be aware of the righteous anger too that comes up because that's a very real thing and bring that before God. Ask, does this anger draw people closer to God? or make the world a better place? That's a that's a discerning coaching question. Does, does my anger right now draw people closer to God or not? Because then that can give you the opportunity for course correction, emotional intelligence and Christ method. Make the world a better place? I don't know. Let's see. Maybe it does. If it's a righteous anger and you're, you're making movements and forward action steps, when you're angry uh, because someone's putting an offense toward God and his word, ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do in this situation and with this strong emotion? So another question you can say is, does it push people away and trigger lack of faith in God? Because if so, that's that's not a righteous anger. That's That's a waste of time. That's where Satan's snagging you, pulling you in. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your sin while still being angry. Or what happens? You give the devil a foothold. 10 minutes before you fall asleep is very sacred time. I've spoken about this before. In neuroscience, the mind actually is programmed very profoundly by what you focus on the last 10 minutes before you fall asleep. Be intentional about reviewing your day. Holy Spirit, show me where I wasted my time in anger and frustration. What do you want me to do differently tomorrow? Take back that power. Ephesians 4.31 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. What's malice? A desire to do bad things to another human being. <laughs> You're like, oh, I felt that in the last 48 hours. <laughs> we often get hijacked by that. Oh, I want to do something bad to that person. We're human. God has compassion on us. But come back, my friends. Come back quicker today than yesterday. That's why at the end of the day, it's a great time to do an examination of your consciousness and ask God, where did I not make you recognizable? And where by my behavior did I cause people to be pushed away from you because of my behavior? So number six way of wasting your time, let go of being anxious. Let go of being anxious. So we have number five, let go of your anger. Number six, waste your time is being anxious. Now, Jesus talks about this, he talks about all of these in different ways throughout the Gospels. Matthew 6 34 talks about not being anxious. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow is enough anxiety of its own. Be here now. Seek first the things of, of heaven, the things of God. Jesus invites us to do that every day. It's a waste of time to be anxious. 
Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious about anything, any situation, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So this is kind of a cool one because God knows we're going to be anxious. That's why Jesus spoke about it. That's why Paul talked about it. That's why the, the mind is spoken about so much. He knows we get hijacked in between our two ears. And it's a waste of time. That's what Jesus is saying. Hey, you don't have that much time here. It's just a dash, right? So let's make the most of it so you can grow closer to me. And therefore, experience my love. Let me pour my love into your heart as Jesus did to Mary when she sat at his feet. And Martha was running around like crazy. Jesus loves Martha. Jesus loves Mary. He just knows what will give them the, the, the deepest happiness that they really seek. And that's to know that they're loved just as they are. And God loves us enough not to leave us there. So he's constantly calling us up and away from anxiety. It's a waste of time, my friends. You can do life without anxiety. Um, now, I, I have to say this simply because I'm in the area of stress management and the work that I do. Um, there are chemical imbalances, and that's another conversation that can cause anxiety. There are behavioral shifts and changes and perspective shifts. That's what we're talking about today through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you experience chronic anxiety and you have lower levels um, of there are certain hormones and um, releases within the brain that can cause you to experience an undue amount of anxiety and cause uh, anxiety disorders within the body. That requires additional resources as God guides you to. For today's conversation, we're talking about releasing those things that we give free rent to, that aren't ours to figure out, that aren't ours to be able to uh, camp on. God, Jesus wants to deliver us from that. Last but not least, number seven, Ecclesiastic, Ecclesiastes 6.9 basically says, stop chasing after the things of the world. It's a waste of time. It's futile. Don't do it. Don't chase after the things of the world. Tell God what you want. And then in the meantime, enjoy what you have, as Joyce Meyer says. I love that simple statement. Tell God what you want. In the meantime, enjoy your life as God guides you to enjoy it. Enjoy what you have. A good way, way to waste your time is craving things you don't have. 1 John 2, 15 through 16 is one of my favorite verses. For everything in the world, the lust of the eyes, the cravings, for everything we see, and the boasting of what he has and does, or pride in achievements and possessions, comes not from God. It's not from God. But they're things of the world. So are you feeling anxious today? Because they kind of, some of these invitations walk hand in hand. Number six was let go of anxiety. It's a waste of time. Number seven kind of gives you some areas to think about. What causes your anxiety? Lust of the eyes. The desires of the flesh is another uh, interpretation of it. The desires of the eyes, the pride and riches comes not from the father, but from the world. And the world and its desires are passing away. But as John says, those who do the will of God live forever. 
So perhaps that is your one area in your life that you want to grow closer to God. You want to ask the Holy Spirit, show me what I'm lusting after with my eyes. What are the desires of my flesh that are wasting my time? Holy Spirit, what are the desires of my eyes? Things that I'm seeing or comparing or being jealous that it's a waste of my time. Show me what those are. Show me where I have pride in, in riches, pride in my achievements and possessions. Because scripture says, dear God, these are not from you. They're from the world. And I am wasting my time in these areas. Everything in the world, my eyes, the pride, the cravings are not of you. Deliver us, dear God, from all of our wants, all of our needs, from death into life, as that beautiful song declares. So we just went over seven things that waste your time. What is it for you? That's your earth school homework, is to really lean into these seven things. Again, first one, put down the, the cell phone. It's a waste of time. And it's Satan's playground, my friends. Number two, let go of the past. Peter and Paul did. You can't accomplish great things from God looking backwards. Number three, release your grudges and judgments toward yourself, toward other people. Number four, accept the things you cannot change. Let go of that power struggle of trying to change other people's attitudes, personalities, values. Focus on what God is moving you to change first and foremost. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. That's another statement that's been out there for a while. Number five, let go of your anger. Does nothing good. Joyce was talking about uh, an example of the fact that she spilled her coffee all over the place one morning and it was the seeds were everything and everywhere. And she said, you know, I have a choice point here. I can do this angry or I can just maintain my peace and do what I need to do to clean it up. Anger doesn't accomplish anything good unless it's a righteous anger and God is moving you to do something good. So that's the discerning piece that we talked about with anger. Number six, don't waste your time being anxious about tomorrow. Worrying about how is this going to turn out or being anxious about the past. I can't believe they said that. In Sherpa Executive Coaching, we have a tool called the Q-tip. Quit taking it personally. There's a verse in the Bible that says, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. So don't work for man and listen so closely, as the scriptures say. Or you might hear someone talking bad about you and you take it personally and your peace is gone. It's a waste of your time. Just focus on what God says moving forward. Watch out for that anxiety, that little serpent. Number seven, let go of chasing the things of the world. Appreciate what you have. If there's something that God is putting on your heart and you'd like an open door, he says to pray about everything. Pray about that. God loves you. He loves everything that, that you think is important to you. Don't stay there though, my friends. Ask him to crash that party of that area of the things you think are important and ask the Holy Spirit to override you. I think this is important 
And this is what I really want, Lord. But do you want this? Because I want what you want more than what I want. And so let go of those lust of the eyes, cravings of things around you, everything you see, and pride in achievements and possessions. Thank God for those things. Thank you, God. You've given me this gift. I did a good job. I'm grateful for that. Help me to keep my eyes focused on you. You are the author and perfecter of my faith. So that brings us to a wrap for today's topic, Stop Wasting Your Time. Seven areas that we do waste our time. Look for the course correction, because that was part of the learning objective, is invite the Holy Spirit. Pick one of these seven things. Listen to this podcast again. Write down the one area the Holy Spirit is really wanting to shore up for you and free you from. And then find scriptures around that topic. If it's letting go of the past, you can look up scriptures on that. If it's judgment, accepting the things you cannot change, God's will, or 1 John, talking about cravings, lust, and boasting, whatever it is, write it down and then meditate on that. Bring that before the Lord. Pray about it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to discern what is that one area in my life that I want to grow closer to you in. And then allow the Holy Spirit to give you the strength to do it. Because whatever God calls you to do, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we are promised that he will do it. So enjoy your gift of life today. And Father God, please bless our ability to let go of the things that are wasting our time. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Please visit us at edgegodin.com. This is where you'll find the scriptures that I was talking about today. You'll find them at edgegodin.com or emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Give them heaven out there, my friends. There's enough of the dark side prowling around, looking for people to devour. Stand firm and he will flee. God bless you today.